Now that is that is a controversial topic. I don't I don't want to touch that hot iron. I don't think. Hello, everybody. I'm Andy, and I'm Matt, and welcome to Good Bad Show, the show where we talk about whether something can be good or bad, but we don't use the word objective under any circumstances. The show where Matt won last time and he beat it out of Andy. <laughs> the show where Andy has to apologize for being a cranky, cranky, mean person to Matt on the last episode, which he only realized in hindsight. The show where Matt's never sweared and Andy's sworn at least 10 times, even though he said this would be a clean show and I had to edit those things out. It was, it was bad, dude. I have to apologize <laughs> to our listeners, too. Anybody that suffered through that episode. Ugh, sounded like a real monster. That's why I should not record podcasts the day before I'm going to travel internationally and I'm trying to wrap up everything at work and I'm underslept. That's a bad time to make podcasts, I've discovered. Oh, okay, I see. Off the bat, want to go ahead and apologize for that. I'm sorry, Matt. I was mean to you on the last episode. Just mean-spirited. And that's not, that's not good. No. Well, I didn't feel it, but I also, I don't have feelings. So that's okay. But if it were a person who had feelings, maybe they'd be sad. Anyway, mm-hmm. I have a proposal to make to you. All right. Which is that, as I mentioned in the intro, we stopped using the word objective. And I thought about it real hard. And I think I have a word that we can replace with it. Are you ready? Oh, I'm, I, I like it. Let's see what's going to happen. Drum roll, please. Do I actually have to put a drum roll in? Is that my job? I mean, you're editing the show, so it's up to you. Do you want to disappoint the listeners, or do you want to just, uh, you know, do what they expect? Drum roll, please. Undeniable. I want to talk about things that are undeniably good and undeniably bad. Oh, I like that. I can get on board with that. Because I still think nothing matters. We're just floating through space on a rock. But I think there are things that are undeniably good. Because to me, that's what objective means. And after listening back to the last episode, Matt, I have to accept your other definition of objective, your slight variant. I think that is totally valid. And so we don't have the same perspective on that word. Therefore, I think we should abandon it. And Matt, you would agree that, you know, science finds things that are undeniable after a certain amount of time, right? And something new and undeniable might come along, but that doesn't mean the other thing wasn't previously undeniable because undeniable is based on the current information available. That's really good. I like that because nobody else has any better information. So at that point in time, it's undeniable. I like that a lot. Great. Well, let's re-record the trailer, start the show over, <laughs> and just uh, do it with undeniable what instead of What is the show if we're not growing and getting better? What if we just got it on day one and we were done? Mm, yeah. So uh, here's a good segue, Matt. We're not going to talk about my trip to Poland, but I do want to open this episode with a question to you. Okay. The question is... You're getting on an airplane, Matt. You're going to travel somewhere. Let's say it's a long flight. Maybe you're flying from uh, Dulles to Taipei or to South Korea or something. It's a long flight. Yeah. You sit down. You buckle up. You take off. The majesty of flight overwhelms you. Once you get to cruising altitude, the seatbelt light turns off. You're allowed to move around the cabin. Do you put your seat back and recline it? And I remind you, you are under oath. Uh, I don't usually. There are times when I would, but normally I feel like uh, I don't want a person reclining into me because it hurts my knees, so I don't recline into other people. If there's nobody behind me at all, I definitely will, but normally I don't feel like it. Uh, I, it makes me uncomfortable. That is the correct answer, Matt, because reclining your seat on an airplane without talking to the person behind you first is undeniably bad. <laughs> I think we can both agree. That yes, you're being you're kind of being a jerk because they've removed so much room in between seats. You're basically putting your face into someone else's face and being a jerk unless uh, unless it's knowledge that this is okay and we're all going to recline together. That's a weird weird consent though because it kind of has to go all the way back. It's kind of just one person has to be a jerk if you want to recline. It's it's an interesting divide. I think the people that recline their seats without asking and the people that don't recline their seats and there's there's a third rare person which will 
actually turn around and ask the person behind them if it's okay if they recline their seat. And that's a rare person because that takes a lot of social courage. Well, there's actually a fourth person, and there's a fourth person who buys the device to put on the seat in front of them to prevent somebody from reclining their seat uh, and doesn't say anything at all and actually... I don't know what that is. Now that is that is a controversial topic. I don't I don't want to touch that hot iron, I don't think. That's <laughs> okay. a third rail. Okay. But I do want to get into why this is so important. And obviously, yeah, if, spoiler, if uh if you're not already aware, uh, I'm a tall person. Matt, you're also a tall person. Yeah, I think I think you're a taller person, but uh I'm at least 6 feet tall, so that's enough to bang my knees into stuff. Yeah, I think I'm 6'1 or 6'2. I don't remember the last time I was measured. But I'm, I'm a tall person. I got long legs. So the seat on an airplane is already, I would say, and we're talking, you know, none of us are, let's, let's be also straightforward with this, Matt. We're not flying first class. We're also not <laughs> flying extended coach or sky diamond series or whatever where you get the extra four inches of leg room. We're taking the cheapest planes we can get. Occasionally, I will attempt to sneak my way into an exit row, uh, but I've actually been kicked out of an exit row pretty recently. Turns out you can't do that for free anymore. You used to be able to do that for free. Not anymore. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know. Me too. So me and you, two tall boys on a regular economy airplane seat, and uh, those things barely already fit us. And then, so obviously, this is why I think I'm oversensitive to this. But after thinking about it a lot by being just directly bothered by it, because I got on a plane going to Poland. Well, actually, the plane was going to Munich, connecting through to Poland. And as soon as the plane took off, this woman in front of me, without hesitation, pulled that lever, cranked that seat back as far as it would go. And that was my life for the next eight hours. Oh, God. You know, it's really bad, too, because sometimes you could have your laptop out and they, they recline in such a way that it almost seems like your laptop screen could get crunched uh, and, right, and destroy, just crack it in half. Did we, have I not told you the story of when <laughs> wait, did that I was happen on to a you? plane and the person next to me had this happen to them? Oh, no. Did oh. it actually crack the screen in half? Dude, this, this guy next to me was like a real business bro. And he sat down. <laughs> Uh, plane took off and he like you know got out of his laptop to get some work done he opened the screen and you know when the tray table comes down uh oftentimes the way the seat back is designed is it leaves a little lip sort of where the tray table was like the tray oh, yeah, table sure. is built into the back so you it's could like just indented. put your screen right into that lip it's kind of a so, comfortable little spot for it what this guy did is he said hey my thinkpad goes right into this lip fits perfectly it's gonna be great put a thing right in there and then the person <laughs> reclined their seat and the screen just like oh god immediately spider webbed and the frame crunched it was it was quite a sight to see i've never felt so much empathy in my life i can't deal uh yeah i want to be clear I almost had that happen to me a couple times and it i would just i think i'd just cry i don't yeah. know what i would do yeah and i want to be clear uh i called the guy a business bro uh i don't mean to demean him he didn't handle it perfectly i'd say he was a little mean to the person uh reclining their seat although i'm about to be really mean to them too so uh you know people in glass houses etc but uh, yeah, I mostly felt bad for the guy. That was a real, <laughs> it was a real shame. But um, anyway, so that's why I think you and I matter sensitive to this issue. But to me, it's a really interesting kind of social experiment because what I think it's a perfect example of is a very simple system providing abstraction to make people think they are not doing what they actually are doing, which is just saying my comfort is more important than somebody else's unequivocally. Would you agree with that? Like, you recline your seat, you take away some knee space from the person behind you because you're just saying you're more important than them, right? Well, I, I mean, I think that is what's actually happening, yes. I don't think that's the way people perceive it, no. but I agree that that's what's actually happening. No, people definitely do not perceive it that way. The way people perceive it is they say, hey, this seat's got a button that can press to recline it, so I'm allowed to. Like, yeah, I was going to say, it's not even a red button. It's just a regular old button. It's not, even, it's not even some sort of social experiment where you push it and then you hear a zap and then the person screams. 
just a regular old button that you can recline with, and it seems just fine. Yeah, but that level of removal, I think, allows people to completely disassociate with what they're actually doing, which, as we've established, is just putting themselves above others with, with no reservations. And also, it gives them, allows them to give themselves permission. They're like, oh, of course I can do this thing, because it's possible. Which, <laughs> which The story is, of humans, right, Andy? I mean, it really is, right? Like, that's, uh, I feel like there's so many examples of how one layer of remove will just allow people to do horrible things and not feel any guilt about it. And to me, the airplane seat reclining is the most distilled example of that. It's like, directly, you put that seat back an inch, you're taking an inch away from the person behind you, you didn't ask them, uh, you didn't talk to them about it. And you're just taking that away immediately. And that person is like literally two feet from you. You can, you can see their face. You can imagine what it might be like to be. It's like, it's not like you can't empathize. It's not like they're across the globe. But mm-hmm. it's the same thing as if you were to, you know, buy, you know, a piece of electronics or some, you know, clothing made by like child labor in some other country, right? Like you're just, it's here. It costs $5. I can buy it. That's how the rules work. I'm allowed to buy this thing. But actually what you're doing is you're supporting the system that's hurting somebody else or taking advantage of somebody else or putting somebody else behind you. Now, did you pick this example because it's the most, literally the closest example in terms of, uh, both in terms of, of your life, like you're close to it, and also literally close to this, you're close to the other person, and you could just turn around and solve all your problems? I mean, yeah, I picked the example because I think it's a really pointed example of this particular behavior, which plagues society. It's, it's the worst, but it's such a, such a clear, like, psychological example of, oh, if you put a lever on that chair, I really wonder if that chair reclined, like, all the way where people would stop. Like, if, if that chair just mechanically could recline until you were basically, like, you know, on the lap of the person behind you, and they were, like, <laughs> pinned between the two chairs, how many people would just do it and be like, well, recline your own chair. This is mine. My chair does what I want it to do. Is there a level at which uh, people would just stop doing it because it's so uncomfortable? Or are you saying you'd have to, you'd have to make the button uh, stop before death, and that might be the level that people would stop at? I, I don't you know. You're not allowed I to don't... crush a human being. But you are allowed to lay uh, perfectly straight in their lap. Yeah, I don't know when people would stop, right? Because there's only, in my case, there are zero inches of removal. You put that chair back, you are pushing my knees down. Like, you're already touching me, so how much more do you care about squishing my chest and face and everything? It's probably not at all. So, sounds like you agree with me. That's undeniably bad? I agree, it's undeniably bad. We have settled reclining your seat on an airplane, people. Shout, sound off in the comments if you think I'm wrong. Get at me on Twitter if you are a free recliner and you think that's okay. We did, we did specifically make a podcast with two tall, you know, any, any, I'd say anyone over like what, 5'10 probably feels that pain. I mean, I, I will even feel bad for somebody who is four foot tall. That's still taking away the little tiny bit of space they have on the airplane. It's, that's they have true. so little. And it's just the idea that you would take it away without any kind of talking to them. And I agree, talking to them is not even a perfect solution because most people, if asked something, will just capitulate because they don't want to say no to a stranger because it seems rude. Oh, I'm going to ask you the question, the big question before we end. If I asked you, Andy, if I could recline my seat, what are you going to say to me? You you asked me, like, as the two people we are. No, we we don't know know each each other. other. We don't know each other. I would probably say yes. If it was a super long flight, uh, I might say something like, do you mind reclining it for half the flight and not half the flight or something? Uh, but I would, I would almost certainly say yes, because I mostly want people to like me, believe it or not. That's kind of where I am in life, too. But I would not be mad at the person that asked. If they ask and I say yes because of my own weird, messed up brain, then that's not their fault. That's my fault. <laughs>